0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. You can take your seats. Thank you. It is such an honour to be here. We had a great day yesterday. Um, It was awesome. It was lovely to see so many of the ladies. And um, I really do believe, like Pastor Rob said, that something significant happened for... Many, and that the uh, the future is bright as a result. So Pastor Pauline and Pastor Rob, thank you so much for the honour of being here this weekend. I have, um, I've loved it. I've loved being in Port Lincoln for the first time. So I think I've worked out that I've never actually been to the Air Peninsula. (laughs) I think the furthest I've travelled might have been, unless I was little and I forget, but I feel like the furthest I've been in my remembering would be Port Vincent, which is not even the same peninsula. Um, So a bit further over, could have swum across, um, kind of. So anyway, it's lovely to be here, and um, I'm so glad to see so many of you this morning in the 10:30 a.m. service. Right now at LifePoint, we are kicking into our 11 o'clock service, like three minutes. Um, I was I was thrilled to hear yesterday that you guys have been. Um, looking at the theme of victory for this year. It's the same word that God gave David for our church for this year. So I love that we're on the same page. And um, and the year might feel like anything but a victorious year. But I'm glad, um, and that's the way of God, isn't it? That he's prepared our hearts, that we were going to walk in victory even when the world got turned upside down. Do you feel like you're in like a, a lovely Paul Lincoln bubble here? Has that been nice? You still have you still have COVID marshals, I've noticed, who I respectfully ignored yesterday. Um but, you know, we should do the right thing. Um, we should. But you're blessed and Adelaide is blessed. God has taken care of us. He's looked after us. Um, and, yeah, so victorious nonetheless uh, for the year 2020. I think, did you say, Pastor, of the year's going quite quite slow or something. I don't know what you said. And I was like, it's not going fast enough. I'm like, I feel like this New Year's Eve is going to be the New Year's Eve party of all New Year's Eve parties. Forget 1999. This is like the celebration. 2020 is done. Um, and a new year is, is exciting. All right. I'm going to, um, I'd love you to turn in your Bibles with me to uh, Luke chapter two. I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter two. I'm going to pray first. And then we'll get, oh, I've got to introduce you to my family. I, some of you have, have. well, my family, like they're on a screen. They're on a photo. Um, so here we go. This is how, this is how crazy the, the year has been. We haven't even gone around to taking some decent family photos in 2020. This is Father's Day last year. Um, and I said, this is like, maybe one of 20 photos we tried to take where we tried to get a sensible family photo. And this is the best we could manage. Um, so there's David, who some of you might recognise. And then uh, and then James is on the left. So he's just turned seven. He's got some new teeth since that photo. And he's like all, like, you know, a bit of a dork right now. He's growing into his new big teeth. Um, and Sammy's there on the right. And he just turned five on Friday. So they are a bundle of energy. I am enjoying my bed to myself for three nights here in Port Lincoln and no interruptions and all to myself has been divine um so thanks for having me and then I've got one more photo yeah of the two um I captured them being friends for three seconds and um so they mostly get along they're getting better at getting along anyone's got two boys or lots of boys or yeah close in age and uh I just feel like they learned from a very young age to punch but they just punch. That's what they do. I love you, punch. Um, And so, um, but yeah, they're lovely and I'm missing them, but not enough to go home just yet. So it's all good. All right, uh, let me pray. God, I thank you for your people this morning I thank you that there is no one here by accident today I just pray God that you would speak I pray God to hearts this morning that your word would uplift your word would bring hope I pray God that where there has been hopelessness or or struggle I pray God that your word would bring life today I just pray life to people's spirits in Jesus name I thank you God that they're not my words but your words I pray anoint them this morning minister to people I pray in Jesus name and everyone said together Amen. Awesome. Let's read from Luke 2 in verse 8. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, um, so it might be a bit hard to follow along, but I love the words in this passage. Um, and you might think, but it's, it's August, it. Like, why are you reading about Christmas? But I just love the words in this. It says, That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them and said, don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news. Everyone say good news. good news. The most joyous news the world has ever heard, and it is for everyone everywhere. I love that. It's for everyone. This good news that we have is for everyone everywhere, from Adelaide to Port Lincoln to I don't know what comes after Port Lincoln. <laughs> Streaky Bay? Did I get it? Oh, look at that. My geography. I did do U12 geography, but I don't remember a thing. Um, Except west of that streaky bay is here somewhere. There you go. Uh, let me keep reading. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. And in verse 14... The angels are saying uh, the, yeah the angels are singing glory to God in the highest realms of heaven for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men you know in Matthew 12 it talks about Jesus as the, as the hope, his name will be the hope of all the world. It's a reference to a prophecy in Isaiah, actually, that Jesus, his name will be the hope of all the world. The title of my message this morning is The Hope of All the World. The Hope of All the World. And I believe that in this season... Perhaps many of you have, have, or you you know people that have struggled to hold on to hope in this bizarre year that has been. I just want to encourage you this morning with these words, that we can have hope, and there are things we can have hope for that I'll talk about this morning, but I believe we can have hope. We are the hope of the world, and we can have hope. Um, So if you look at the Old Testament... There are about 68 verses in the Old Testament that refer to the word hope, and there are different Hebrew words that are um, used to, uh, that are translated into the word hope, but they mean things like expectancy, to wait, to be patient in hope, to trust, to be confident, to be sure. The, that's what these these words for hope mean in the New Living. Uh, sorry, in the New Living. In the New Testament, um, there are about 53 verses that refer to hope, and it's the Greek word elpis, and it means to anticipate, to expect an expectation to confide or a confidence. There's something significant about hope we're going to have a look at today. So the story I wanted to share with you is about a little boy who um, was sick in hospital. So there's a school system in this large city that has a program that helps children who are in hospital. I'm sure there are many of these around that help children keep up with their homework. So they have someone come in and help them while they're in hospital so they don't fall too far behind their schooling. And one day a teacher who was assigned to the program received a call from, uh, from... Uh, to visit a particular student so she took the child's name and number and she talked briefly with the child's normal classroom teacher just to check where they're up to and the teacher said well we're studying nouns and adverbs at the moment in classroom I'm like I don't even know what an adverb is but that's why I didn't teach English Um, the teacher says, so I'd be grateful if you could just keep him, you know, understanding what nouns and adverbs are so he doesn't fall too far behind while he's in hospital. So the program teacher, she goes to see the boy in the afternoon and no one actually warned her that when she got to hospital, this boy was quite badly burned and he was in a lot of pain, he was very uncomfortable um, and and she was quite upset at the sight of the boy. It confronted her and so as a result, she sort of stammered, you know, through telling, I've been sent by your classroom teacher to help you with nouns and adverbs and when she left, she felt like she didn't really accomplish anything. The next day, the nurse asked her, and she came back to the hospital. And the nurse asked her, what did you do to that boy? And I, I think the nurse thought she was you know, in trouble. She'd done something wrong. But the nurse says, no, 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 you don't know what I mean. We've been worried about that little boy. But ever since yesterday, his whole attitude has changed. He's fighting back. He's responding to his treatment. It's as though he's decided to live. Two weeks later, the boy explained to his teacher that he had completely given up hope. He had completely given up hope until the teacher had arrived. Everything changed when he came to a simple realisation and he said it like this. They wouldn't send a teacher to work on nouns and adverbs with a dying boy, would they? His whole outlook had changed because all of a sudden he had hope for his future. He didn't think he was—it was the end of his life. He had hope for the days to come. Hope can change everything, and hope is critical. It's critical to this life of faith in Jesus. And I think oftentimes people think—you know—people have people that you know say, oh, "You know, I'm, I'm praying for this. I'm praying for that," and they have faith. But then people say, "Oh, you know, I, I hope I get that job, or I hope I get better, or you know, I hope that my kids will grow up to love Jesus." And we think that sometimes hope sounds like a weak. Version. Version of faith. We put it in the, I don't really have enough faith to believe God, but they just have hope. But we, so we we dismiss hope as being kind of like a watered down, weaker, pathetic version of faith, like an uncertain version of faith. But biblical hope is important. There's a biblical foundation for us to have hope. And it's not... It is different to faith and we'll have a look at the, that this morning. But hope, it says in Proverbs 13, hope deferred makes the heart sick. We all need hope. We all need hope because when we don't have hope, the Bible says that it makes the heart sick, that hopelessness is not good for us. It filters through and follows through into so many areas of our lives and we don't live with hope And that could, when we don't live with hope. And it says in Hebrews 6 that hope is an anchor for the soul. It is the anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. This is something that brings us certainty and assuredness when we we have hope as our anchor. And if you look at hope in the context of, um, of chapters like 1 Corinthians 13 and in Thessalonians, it talks about love. And faith being hope's companions, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love, but hope is in there. Hope um, or love and faith are like hope's companions. We know faith is that persuaded, that confident, persuaded conviction that God is going to do what He says He's going to do. That's that's like faith having faith ha- is the work. Faith is the has work to do. Faith is what holds on to the promises of God and 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 believes God at His word and 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 puts into action our. Our, our belief that God will do what He says He's going to do, but hope is like the cheerleader of faith. Hope is like the future tense of faith. It believes that in in the waiting for God to do what He says He's going to do. While faith is at work, hope is the one cheering it along. We we wait in hope. We wait for God to work, um, and we hope, and we we wait in faith. We wait in hope it is a joyful confident expectation of what God is going to do on our behalf Hope bears the fruit you know you look at people who sometimes they're in faith but they're like they're downcast and they've got faith but there's no joy there's no you know there's no peace there's no um there's no calm in their waiting they're you know they they're just they they might be They might be flat, they might be exhausted, they might be, they're just downcast. But I believe that when we have hope, hope is what's cheering us on in our faith. Hope is what's giving us peace. It's giving us joy in our waiting. Hope patiently waits for God to act. Um, I was saying to the ladies yesterday, so my background is science and I love when, I, love when, I was a science teacher, When I love when science and faith match up, when you can show that there's a foundation scientifically to what we believe as, as Christians. And there's a couple of studies that were done on hope, they've, they've looked at the effect of hope on people's outcomes, particularly in the areas of study and also athletics of all things. And so they looked at these uh, these college students. So researchers looked at these college students over six years, so their course from beginning to end, and they found that they that those who had so they looked at um, relating hope to their so sorry I said it again hope was related to a higher grade point average or a higher level of achievement six years later, even once they took into account their original um, GPAs and their entrance exam scores into the into when they got into their college. So they looked at the effect of hope and they found that those who had more hope actually achieved more highly than those that didn't have hope. High hope, stu- uh, high hope students relative to low hope students were also more likely to have graduated and were less likely to have been dismissed from the school or, or dropped out of their studies altogether. So those that had more hope were more more likely to um, graduate and were more likely to and less likely to um, be dismissed from the school in other studies they found that um, the role of hope among athletes athletes had higher levels of hope than non-athletes so I joke that it wasn't because you couldn't kick or catch it's because you didn't have enough hope that you didn't make the football team or the netball team or the (laughs) maybe um But they did find that there was a greater level of hope for those who were athletes versus non in that same group of students. Um, In another study, they found that hope, but not optimism, so not having just a positive outlook on life, not just being a, oh, it'll be right, it'll turn out, you know, it'll be fine, not that kind of attitude, but actually having hope. Predicted grades in law school more so than their LSAT or their their entrance exam scores and their undergraduate grades. In other words, that wasn't their skill or their or their training, or their ability that predicted their achievement. It was their levels of hope. Hope is significant, and it's important that we have hope. So what do we have hope for? I want to have a look at three things this morning that we have hope for. And I do pray that that they are an encouragement to you, especially coming out of this season, that we can be, that we can carry hope and that we can be hope for the people who are in our world. And so um, before we get into those three points, I want to just say, so Sammy, um, he turned five on Friday. And honestly, for about, I'm going to say four months, every time we asked him, what would you like for your birthday? His answer was always a budgie. I want a budgie and he decided he he decided on color it was going to be a boy so he could teach it to talk it was going to be blue and his name was going to be Bubbles so like I'm I, he's committed like he's committed we I he wants a budgie and Dave and I are like not arguing because I think we're on the same page we're like do we get him a budgie don't we get him a budgie do we get him a budgie don't we get him a? Budgie? And we're like, we just don't need another animal in our house like we have this yabby that lives in our old esky in the backyard that James got given one Sunday at church because he loves bugs so everyone gives us the weirdest creatures like came home with this massive cockroach that lives in Queensland one day like it was the size of my hand I'm not even kidding So people are just like, oh, James loves bugs. Here, have this. And then there's more animals that live in my house. So uh, yeah, we have a Gabby. We have a lot of fish in our fish tank, far fewer than we were supposed to have, but many have died. Turns out I'm not very good at the whole water change thing, and so literally I changed the. I, I did all the right things: took out 25% of the water, put all the like anti-chlorine stuff in, put it back in, and I'm not kidding. Within 24 hours, we lost eight fish. Like they're just they're just dead fish in the. Fi- oh, it was it was traumatic. I think mostly for me. So like, do we need another? We have a cat. Her name's Mavis. Um, she's awesome. We named her after my grandma, actually. So, which is kind of so. We, at the time we named her, I had both of my, my grandmothers alive. My, one was Joan and one was Maureen Mavis. And, um, and I thought, because my, my grandma, who we named her after, she had dementia. So we figured she wouldn't realise and we could call the cat Mavis. And then when I told it to my nana, whose name, name was Joan, she's like, oh, well, I think she felt left out. She's like, maybe you can call her Mavis Joan then. <laughs> anyway, we've got Mavis. So turns out you're not really supposed to have cats and birds together. Um, every time we talked to the people who worked in like the Avery's or whatever, they're like, you really, you know, they, they don't settle in your house and they get scared and eventually they, they die. And I said to Sam all of that, he said, like, I don't mind if it dies. He just wants a budgie. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, so anyway, as it turns out, and praise the Lord, well, not for COVID, but just for our circumstance, a lot of the breeders for the budgies are in Victoria. So we can't get the birds from, from Victoria to South Australia. So what a pity we don't have a budgie. But honestly, Sam was so hopeful for this budgie. And on his birthday, we um, had a family dinner. Sorry, the day before his birthday, we had a family dinner at our house, my mum and dad, David's mum. And he got his presents from them, so from nanny and popper and grandma. And of course, there was no budgie yet. And the budgie wasn't coming. Um, and I think he's expecting all of his presents, but he, we were waiting until Friday because that was his actual birthday. And so literally he at one point he was so upset, he went cr- crying to off to his room, this is the worst birthday ever. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. But we fixed it the next morning with a PJ Masks massive thing. And uh, yeah, PJ Masks saved the day. Um, but what do we have hope for? He had hope for a budgie. What do you have hope for today? Number one, we have hope for the future we have hope for the future we have hope for the days to come in this season even though it's been a challenging season we have hope for the future right now in Lamentations 3 um, I read it to the girls yesterday it says in verse 18 everything I had hoped for is lost and you might feel like that today that everything you had hoped your life might look like by this point what you thought your marriage would look like or your or your family circumstance or your or your career uh you, you know what your children might look like you might have been in a position where you, what you felt like you had hoped for is lost but it says this from verse 21 yet I still dare to hope when I remember this the faithful love of the Lord never ends his mercy never cease great is his faithfulness his mercies begin afresh every morning i say to myself the lord is my inheritance therefore i will hope in him i will dare to hope i will hope in him i believe that that hope believes that god is not done God is not done. When we're when we are in a, pl- a place of hope, we go, this is my circumstance, but I believe that God is still at work. He's still, at work. He's still doing what he said he's going to do. He's still coming through. Hope finds its language in the but God's and the not yet's. But God, but God, I, this is my circumstance, but God will heal me. But God will come through. God will deliver. This is my family situation, but I, I know God's going to work it all for good. It says he's not done yet. God's not done yet. Dare to hope, I want to encourage you in your world. Today, dare to hope. You know, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, it's a verse that we know so well. But the context, I remember discovering the context of that verse the first time. I was like, wow, this carries so much more weight when you realize what Jeremiah was prophesying. And basically, he was saying. You know, there's been these false prophets in Babylon who are who are saying that the exiles will go home so soon. Be, it won't be long. You can go home and life will go back to normal. But he's saying, no, actually, you're in exile for like 70 years. You're going to have to figure out how to live in this season. You have to figure out you can't just survive this season. You've got to flourish in this season. You've got to build your homes. and You've got to build your families and plant your gardens and ex- and pray for the city and, and pray, for, pray for the blessing on Babylon because blessing on Babylon is blessing on you and basically establish yourself in this season trust that don't don't think it's going to be over soon you've actually got to know how to thrive and flourish in the season that you are in and so when jeremiah says and when God pro- promises this in Jeremiah 29 and 11, it carries so much more weight because he says, I know what I'm doing. And I'm reading from the message translation. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. God says he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's up to. He has plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. He's giving you the future that you hope for. A hope and a future. Even when it's a crazy season, even when we think, can it be over yet? Can the world go back to normal? Can I get on a plane and leave the state? Wouldn't that be good news? (laughs) Um, Or I'd be excited about that. David's like waiting for the Adelaide, well, I think it would be Adelaide. I don't know, it might be Brisbane, Hawaii bubble. He's like, can I just get on a plane and go to Hawaii? That will solve all my problems. Um, But this hope that we have, it's a good hope. It's a sure hope. It's not like the world's hope. You know, we read in 2 Thessalonians about the hope is actually Jesus. Now, um, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort your hearts. I want to encourage you that we have hope for the future. We ha- have hope for tomorrow. We have hope for the day after that and the day after that and the week after that and the month after that. We have hope for the future because of what God has done for us and what he's doing in us. Everyone with me this morning? Awesome. We have hope for the future. Number two, we have hope for eternity. We have hope for eternity. We read in Romans 5 about what God is doing in us to prepare us for eternity. So in Romans 5, we read that, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have... We Sorry, we also... Access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope that we will be in the presence of God. We'll be in heaven. We'll be with him in eternity. And not only that, the Bible says, we, but we also glory in the tribulations. That's it. We glory I don't know about you, but I've never found glory in the tribulation. Even though the Bible says it does something significant in us, there's nothing fun about a tribulation. There's nothing fun about a trial. And even over these last few months, I feel like I have... There's been days where you think, oh, I'm just... I'm a bit flat, I'm a bit done, I'm a bit weary. I just, can this be over yet? I feel like those the kids in the back of the car saying, are we there yet? Can we, are we there? Can I get out of the car? Are we there yet? Like how far into the trip are we? Five minutes, we're five minutes in. You know, I feel like, that, but I feel like we've got to just trust that God, he knows what he's doing. He's doing something significant in us in this season because it says that in it, when we glory we also glory in these tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope and this hope does not disappoint the bible tells us this hope that god is forging in us does not disappoint it says in in uh, verse 5 there It does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. When we talk about hope for eternity, we have hope in God our Saviour and our Lord Jesus Christ. We have hope fixed on Christ's return. Our hope comes knowing that Jesus is coming back for us. He's coming back for us. He's coming back for his church. We look forward with hope. And this hope that we have for eternity is different to the unbeliever. It talks about that we don't need to grieve death like those who have no hope. It's in First in Thessalonians. I'll read it to you and I love it. It says... Now, dear brothers and sisters, I want you to know that what will happen to Christians who have died so you will not be full of sorrow like people who have no hope. So you don't have to be full of sorrow. You know, I, I don't love a Christian funeral because it's a funeral and they're always, always sad, but isn't there something beautiful about the celebration of a life who you know that, that person you are going to see again? There's something so sweet about knowing you're going to see them again. It's not it's not goodbye, it's just see you later. We'll see you again soon. There's something beautiful about a funeral of a believer who you know you're going to be reunited in heaven with something precious about that and I remember when um so my nana passed away two years ago just over two years ago so my boys were I guess nearly nearly three and nearly five and um we were playing with some bubbles in the backyard one day and they were trying to catch them and grab them before they went you know too high for them and one day, one time, a bubble went really, really high up, and I went so high up. So it was, I think it might have been Sammy who says, "That bubble's gone so high; it must have, it must go all the way to heaven." And then, and then he says, "Maybe Great Nana can pop that one." And I was like, "Oh, isn't that precious?" Like, just that, that they have this childlike faith that we can have too. That says, they're, they're, "I mean." physically you know whatever but but I I just love the fact that we can have a faith that says we'll see them again they are still they'll they're more alive than ever there's hope for eternity and we can share in that with them I love that we can have hope for for what's to come hope for eternity and number three we have hope for the world And this is what I want to camp on today that we have hope for the world because I believe that we are we are actually the hope of the world it's Jesus in us who is the hope for the world the hope of the world is us being bringers of hope into a hopeless world and I know even just in the practical things I remember um during everything kind of shutting down in Adelaide we have great neighbors we we have a beautiful cul-de-sac of young families their kids all play in the street they literally go from backyard to backyard um, and Tram- trampoline to cubby house to you know to rockets in the street it's awesome it's like I feel like my kids are growing up in the 1950s I love it um and um and so I, I think David said he, he thought he had every kid in the street in our backyard yesterday which I think he wasn't thrilled about because I don't think he likes looking after ours let alone everyone else's <laughs> he does look, like looking after ours but you know um and um so during coronavirus our neighbors who are lovely people just didn't want their kids playing with my kids and it was so hard to explain that to my children that like it's not that they don't like you and don't want to be your friend, but, you know, they're just being a bit cautious right now. And I know, you know, you could play in the street and I'm happy for you to be out in the front or in the backyard, but you just can't play with them right now. And James got really upset. Like I had to have this, he got really mad. Why won't Rachel let Jordan and Indy play with, you know, like the whole? And I was like, I had to explain, do you know what? We have hope. We have hope in this season that God's taking care of us. But some people don't have hope. So, they, so they're so they worried and they're, and they're a bit fearful that, they, that, you know, we don't quite know what's happening with coronavirus and so they're just a bit nervous and so they're staying inside to play but we have hope and we can trust that God's taking care of us and it's just it was just interesting to see that contrast but we are the hope and I believe that we can be that hope to people who are hopeless in this world we have a world that is full of hopelessness and also false hope we've put our world has put their hopes in so many things that that fail that don't deliver that let people down but I love this in Romans 15. This is, I believe, the call of God for us today. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope so it comes from him, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. Till you radiate with hope. I pr- that's my prayer for you today, that you would radiate with hope. And it would be for all people that all their hopes would be met in him, it says in Romans 15. In Ephesians 12, it talks about how these believers in Ephesus, were they, before they were saved... Um, Paul says then that you lived in this world without God and without hope in other words those who are without God are without hope those that don't have God in their life do not they might have a sense of hope they might have a sense of positivity but they actually don't have true godly hope they, their hopes are based in things that can be gone in you know when you look at the world jobs you know security health it's it was taken away in a moment of time And yet we can have hope because we have God in us. We are with God and therefore we have hope and I want to remind you of that verse we read at the very beginning that this this good news this hope is for everyone everywhere the Bible says it is for everyone everywhere and I pray that that stirs your heart so that you would be stirred to know that for everyone your family your neighbours your colleagues your um, students at school that you would know that this good news this hope is for everyone everywhere Hebrews reminds us to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. And I do believe the church has, has a responsibility in this season to show the world that we have the answer, that we have the hope that they are looking for, that Jesus is the hope that they are, that they are searching for, that they are He is who they need to have hope in this world in this season. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for He who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. God is faithful to us. He's promised us a, 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 that he is trustworthy, that he's faithful, that he will deliver on his promises. So let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we say that we have. Let the church be grounded in faith, grounded in hope, grounded in the truth of Jesus. So let's close with this this morning. Still this morning. Yep. And you can stand to your feet if you like. And I just want to share with you and thank you, Keys. Um, I didn't learn your name. What's your name? Kimberly. Thank you, Kimberly. I won't call you by your instrument. (laughs) And there's this beautiful story in Ezekiel. And uh, you probably know it well where Ezekiel is called to prophesy over the dry bones. And at the very end of that passage, it talks about the Israelites that, you know, they've been... The bones have been prophesied too. There's flesh and there's an army and they're rising up. But then it talks about these people. And their response to all of this is, we were like this. These were our bones and they were dry and our hope is lost. Actually, I'll read it to you from, from Ezekiel 37. They say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost. And there's some beautiful words that are represented in that word for dry. If you look at the original language, it actually means ashamed, confused and disappointed uh, we're, our, we're, we're in a place of shame we're a place of confusion we're a place of disappointment where we just don't have hope anymore our hope our expectation that word means is lost our, it's, it's wandered away and so today I just want to encourage you the Bible says in response to that to prophesy it says to declare life to declare hope to declare healing and power to those bones it says oh, we'll try and find it for you it says in verse 11, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we've become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. So it gives them this message. he says, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, you will know that I am the Lord. I'll put my spirit in you and you will live and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You will see that I have done everything just as I promised. I love that he says um, where there's shame, where there's confusion, where there's disappointment, that we just have to prophesy to those bones. and, And God will restore. He will bring back to life. He will restore hope. He will restore joy. He will restore peace in your circumstances today. And so while everyone is standing to their feet, I'd love you just to close your eyes, bow your heads. And if that's you today, if you feel like there's a circumstance in your world where you might feel hopeless or someone in your world you know is struggling in an area where you just feel like it's a hopeless situation, can I ask you this one? would you just lift your hands? It might be for you, it might be for someone in your world. It might be family, it might be marriage, it might be health, it might be finances, it might be a family complexity, it might be something going on in your workplace. But if there's a, a thing in your life right now where you feel like it's a hopeless situation, I'm going to pray, I'm going to prophesy, I'm going to declare hope for you and that circumstance. So there's hands lifted everywhere. Thank you so much. I'm going to pray right now. God, I thank you. That you know every heart. I, I thank you, God, that you know every situation. God, you see every hand raised. You know every story, you know every circumstance. And I just pray right now, Lord, I prophesy hope into hopeless situations. God, I pray that you would bring life, that you would bring healing, that you would bring peace and joy and love. I pray your goodness, I pray, God, that you would, that you would, there would be a, a turning around of circumstances this morning. I pray, God, what looks hopeless, I, I speak, God, hope into those circumstances. I pray, Lord. Lord God, that there will be a hope rising up, a hope for marriages, a hope for children, a hope for for salvations, a hope for healings. I pray, God, a hope for provision. Let it rise up in Jesus' name this morning. I just declare over your people today, I prophesy life, I I prophesy your blessing, your goodness, your healing, your kindness. I pray, God, restore what has been broken. I pray, God, where there is confusion, where there is shame, where there is disappointment, I pray, God, would you heal those things? Would you cover those things by the blood of Jesus? In Jesus' name, we thank you, God, for your goodness today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you. And thank you, Claire.